Broken trust can be healed, but it's not just time that's going to heal it. You need clear guidance about what to do and what not to do. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I've developed a free video course called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This course will show you what's needed to begin healing after betrayal. I offer guidance for the betrayed partner as well as the partner who broke the trust. You can access it for free right now by clicking the link in the show notes. Do you remember the first time your parents had the discussion about the birds and the bees with you? Did your parents even have the discussion about the birds and the bees with you? And did that discussion include anything about pornography? Chances are, if you had the talk with your parents, it probably didn't include that. These days, however, talking about pornography with children, especially small children, is essential in today's digitally polluted world. Thankfully, author and mom, Kristen Jensen, has produced a few resources that make this task a lot easier, a lot more comfortable, and gives parents and children action steps they can take in talking about and dealing with the dangers of pornography and other online dangers. Kristen is the author of the book, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. And then she also wrote a follow-up book to that called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior, which is written for children as young as three years old. Kristen said she saw a real strong need for resources to talk to young children about pornography some time ago when she received a late-night phone call from a friend of hers whose son had uh, been caught molesting his younger siblings imitating the pornography he had seen when he was in elementary school. Kristen said that she did a lot of research and found that there were really no uh, good resources for young children. And so she decided to create her own, and she teamed up with a psychologist, Dr. Gail Pointer, and published Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. And it took her about three years to uh, test this out with different parents and really get the language and the pictures right. And I'm excited to have her on today's episode to talk with us about the need to begin talking with children as young as possible and keep it developmentally appropriate, but get that message out to young children when they're online about the dangers that they might encounter. Well, welcome to the podcast, Kristen. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, thanks so much for being a part of this. I love your books. Uh, I've read both of them. Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, and the junior version. And so we'll uh, give listeners a chance, uh, give them the link so that they, they can look at those as well. But I just am thrilled that you provided those uh, resources for younger children. I, I told the listeners a little bit in your introduction about how you you know, came to writing these books and, and just your journey there. But what have you discovered as far as the, the conversations you're having with parents and how these resources are helping children? What are you noticing well, the parents that read these books to children feel a huge relief that they finally broached the subject and started that process. And of course, you can't just read the book and then you're done and you can check it off. That is the beginning of the conversation. But it it educates both the parent and the children about the dangers of pornography. First, what it is how it's dangerous, and gives them a plan for what to do when they are exposed to pornography. And with those three things, it's a great beginning, a great start 
to um, to those conversations that will empower children to reject pornography wherever they are and you know whenever they they come across it. So I think relief is one of the first emotions that many parents feel. Um, and I've had a lot of success stories um, shared with me by parents who have read the book and then their child goes to school, gets exposed, um, and the child comes home. And one nine-year-old boy came home and said, Mom, I was scared, but I knew what to do. Wow. And that just really – we have got to have the courage to um, to face this head on, so so our kids, you know, won't be alone in facing it. Right? They we can't let them face it alone. And so, as we partner with them and and strengthen them, uh, then they they have that strength and they have that wherewithal. So they're not caught off guard. Right. 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 Yeah, and it seems like so many parents struggle to know how to start the conversation. And I think that's what you're saying. This resource, These resources you've given these parents is a chance for them to have a starting place to bring up something that um, has, a, has a less threatening entry point than perhaps just out of the blue trying to talk about something that overwhelms yeah. even them. So if the parents are overwhelmed by it and they're trying to talk to the kids about it in that state, it's not going to be helpful to them. So this gives them a really uh, structured and calm way to start addressing this at a developmental level. Right. It's a script and parents can read it or they can change it up a little bit. They can customize it. But when we were growing up, our parents gave us scripts to deal with some of the threats and dangers and difficulties. But there, we, you know, we couldn't get scripts from our parents for this problem. And the parents of today couldn't get scripts from their parents of this problem. They couldn't like, oh yeah, this is how you deal with internet porn. This is what you do. And this is how you talk to your kids about it. We, you know, it's such a new problem and things are changing so quickly. And I felt like a lot of parents, even those that knew a lot about this problem and were very educated about this problem, didn't know how to begin talking with their kids about it. And that was the goal. That was the thing that was driving me is to find a comfortable way to get parents started with that conversation so that they felt like, okay, I'm not overdoing it. I'm not giving the kid, my kids too much information. It's, it's age appropriate. Um, and it's not going to hurt my child. It's just going to empower my child. That's totally been my experience, Kristen, is when I, um, you know, I have four children, and even though this is something I talk about, write about, deal with every single day in my work, the times where it's, you know, when they were, you know, younger, and it was time to start talking about some of these things, and like you said, giving them scripts, giving them ways to understand this. As a parent, when it's my own kids, you feel that protectiveness, you feel that fear, you feel all those things, and you don't want to mess it up. You don't want to damage them. You don't want to introduce them to things. And so you do get a little tongue-tied. It's really a normal experience. And so, you know, when you said, yeah, even parents who understood how to talk about this or were comfortable with it were uncomfortable with it when it came to their own kids. And so this is exactly. a great opportunity to have um, have resources and ways to talk about it that that allows parents to feel reassured. Yeah, that's so great. And we we tested this book out on so many parents mm -hmm. 
it went through so many iterations. It took three years to yeah. write. And, right. and so we were very careful about the wording and the organization of it. And yeah, that's um, so good to know. Yeah. Cause it, you know, it takes some parents three years to get the courage up to have the talk with their kids. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, so the first book that you wrote was good pictures, bad pictures. And, um, that one was for ages, what, like eight to 12. Well, I'd say I was saying seven to 11, seven to 11. Okay. Yeah. And then you, then you started getting a lot of feedback that parents wanted a book for their younger children. And right. is that right? Is that where that came from? The junior came out of the feedback? Yeah, I, yeah, I was, I was talking one day or giving a presentation one day to parents and afterwards, I mean, I remember this so clearly, mm-hmm. a young mother came up to me and she said, well, that's great, but can you write a book for preschoolers? And I felt like someone had like sucker punched me because it's like <laughs> preschoolers. Right. Like, Isn't six young I enough? Getting, I know. <laughs> I've been getting all this flack about seven year olds, you yeah. know, but preschoolers. Oh my goodness. Wow. So, so it was back to the drawing board because that's a totally different uh, understanding, developmental understanding of these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I then I went and talked to parents of preschoolers and I just tried to make it a very simple message, but following the same formula, which is define it, you know, say it's dangerous and give them a plan to get out of it. And in the junior book, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior, we also include five safety rules that will help par- help parents um, protect their children, not only from pornography, which is a form of child abuse, but what pornography can do to children which can groom them. And um, so we have body safety rules in that second book that is really helpful for, for children and empowering for children. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, you said that any child who can access the internet needs to understand the things that are you know, taught in these books. And, and that can be children as young as two and three years old. Exactly. I was talking to a a mom recently who said, I read Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Junior to my two-year-old. And she got it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. kids are smarter than we think. And when they get on the internet, they have no natural, like we understand like, oh, I don't want to go there. Or, you know, you see a pop-up or you see something, uh, you see a video listed on YouTube and you're like, eh, no, I'm not going to go there. And But kids don't have those same inhibitions. They don't have all the knowledge we have. And so they can wander freely and get into more trouble on the internet than most adults would ever do. So that's why as soon as they have any access to the internet, and I got this from your friend and my friend, Jeff Ford, mm-hmm. uh, because I was talking with them and I'm saying, everyone's asking me for a specific age and he says, you know what I tell him, Kristen? It's the it's when kids have access to the internet. And uh, and I'm like, Eureka! <laughs> that's exactly true! <laughs> right, so that's not an age, that's more of an access question, because some, some parents may yep. not let their kids on the internet until they're in grade school. You know, there just may be yeah, some but unless, there. But if they don't, but if they let them out of their house, <laughs> those kids have access. 
That's right? a great point. I mean, those kids go walk out the front door. If they go to church, if they go to a scouting activity, if they go to a, a ch- any church, act- I mean, we hate to think that this would happen, but uh, if they go to a friend's house, there's going to be internet access. Um, one mom told me about a time when she was picking up her two young daughters from a friend's home and she pulls up in her minivan and looks out the window and her two daughters are in the front yard with the little girl they've been playing with and the little girl has a smartphone and is showing them a video. When they got in the car, the mom says, what was she showing you on her phone? And the little girls looked at each other and they said, oh, it was a My Little Pony video. Well, months later, she read good pictures, bad pictures to these girls and they fessed up and they said, mom, that wasn't a My Little Pony video. She was showing us pornography. So they even had some shame around it and knew even to hide at that age. They didn't know the vocabulary. They didn't know how to even talk about it. It was so shameful and shocking Mm -hmm. to them. But when their mom gave them permission, basically, and the vocabulary to talk to them, that's when they were able to open up and say, yeah, we actually have been exposed to pornography. This has happened quite a few times. I've heard a lot of stories of that happening. But it's like, you know, opening a wound and cleaning it out. Right. Letting our kids heal from that, giving them our support, letting them know they're not in trouble. One of the things that we stress in Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Junior is even if you've seen a bad picture that doesn't make you a bad kid. Here's something good you can do when you see a bad picture, and that is the turn, run, and tell. And so they learn it's not a matter of if you see something, it's when you see something. That's the message you're sending is you're, you're validating the fact that we're all going to run into stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. We are all going to see sexualized, objectifying mm-hmm. media, and most kids are going to be exposed to some form of pornography. And really, we will guard their innocence more if we will give them a heads up and warn them earlier and teach them what it is, why it's dangerous, and how to reject it when they see it. Well, I I think so many parents are worried that bringing this up to a three- or a four-year-old is going to make them more curious about it. And so they might have a parents might have a, a a natural hesitation to introduce this at such a young age for fear of that. What would you say to that? I understand their fear. I totally get it. And but I'm always saying sooner is safer. Sooner is safer because you are competing with um, the digital world out there and media. And the point of control and the way that you can take control is to educate them. So if you if you introduce the concept, in other words, I'm not saying introducing pornography to them, but the, but, but the definition of it and warn them about it, then you can set up your own attitudes about it, right? You can be... Um, you can set yourself up to be the best source of information about uh, their questions uh, when they when they see it. So you know, curiosity is normal for kids. Yes, uh, they may be curious, but it's they're so much safer if you can 
satisfy their curiosity instead of Google. Right. So having the parent be the search engine. Exactly. That's a good way to say it. <laughs> hey, can I, can I take that? Can I take that from you? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> can I use that? <laughs> yep. It is not trademarked. It is all yours. <laughs> so, so the parents really are, are stepping in front of the internet and saying, we recognize and, val- and validate and you know, essentially saying to the child, your curiosity is healthy and normal. And of course, you want to understand these things. And you know, I'm going to give you answers. And they're going to be answers that are truthful, that are developmentally appropriate, that match our value system, and so on. Exactly. That's your, you can take control. You right. can have that control. Uh, if you wait and just cross your fingers and hope, uh, you're, you do not have control. Or live you, in fear. Or live in fear yeah. the whole time, hoping that they don't see something or just being yeah. scared that the world is going to, they don't, parents can be so proactive. There's so many resources available to actually have good discussions with your kids. Yeah. And, and really, after you start, that initial thing might be hard, but after you get started, I've heard so many parents say, like I said before, oh, it gets so much easier. And I, I felt closer to my child. Like we had a stronger bond uh, when we started talking about um, these dangers of pornography. And that sounds so strange, but actually, if you can talk about pornography with your children, like what else is going to be a problem, right? That's so true. That's It really opens up a, an opportunity to talk about all kinds of stuff because if pornography or our fears around it and, and so on tap into some of our most vulnerable feelings, then boy, the sky's the limit for the kinds of cool stuff you can talk about with your kids. Right. And you know, some parents who may have uh, a problem with or a struggle with pornography use, um, you know, they may feel even more shame and more like, I don't want to talk about this with my kids. I don't want to be a hypocrite, but really they need to, uh, they need to protect their children because so many people that are into it, you know, that get involved in pornography and, and are struggling to get out of it today, they were caught off guard as children and nobody warned them. So they need to give that advantage to their children. And it, it's not going to hurt your children. To they, You know, lots of times when we think about pornography, we think of all the dark stuff, the horrible stuff. And our children don't have that baggage. We set the context they don't have the baggage on that word. We can we can talk to them about pornography in a simple, age-appropriate way, and it's not going to hurt them. It's only going to empower them. Yeah, that's a great point. It's not loaded for them. Nope. It's, uh, it's something that they can understand just like any other danger that they need to be careful of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. A lot of, a lot of parents are going to have this talk then if they're starting with a preschooler, they're going to be having this talk about pornography long before perhaps they're having the conversation about uh, the birds and the bees, as it might be called, right? Sexual Mm -hmm. uh, intimacy, sexual reproduction, their bodies, things like that, because these children obviously aren't hitting an age of maturation yet. So what would you say about parents being concerned? You know, is it too soon when you haven't even had a conversation about uh, sex and bodies? Yeah. Well, we wrote the books... um to to make sure that we didn't even say the word sex. So in both of the books, you can read both books before you talk to children about sex 
and it's very comfortable. Now, in our in the book, um, the original book, we have a chapter on the attraction center. So we have this great term called the attraction center. I like that. And it's a way to talk about sex, but not say the word sex and just say that it, you know, when moms and dads come together, um, they're attracted to one another, you know, but we don't get into any of the mechanics of sex or anything like that. So it's very comfortable for parents. But I will say that most parents need to have those conversations about sex earlier rather than later. Right. So this might even push the age where somebody might wait. I know a lot of parents I've worked with in my practice and, and friends of mine have waited till a child is in fifth or sixth grade, you know, 11, 12 years old until they start having the maturation talk. You're suggesting that this issue of pornography and the dangers, the reality of it uh, really require us to start talking about these things obviously much younger than waiting until having one big conversation about everything all at once when they're in middle school or junior high. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I recently did a series of interviews with uh, 10 porn addicts. Some were in recovery. Most were in recovery. uh, Some were not. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing that we found, and I did it with an expert interviewer, and the thing that we found was that so many of these people as children, they did not have any kind of, they didn't have parents that would talk to them about sex. So that was the thing that they all had in common. Many of them said that they would never feel comfortable talking to their parents about sex. So think about it. If kids are receiving all these sexual cues from their environment Every time you turn on the TV, every time you go to the mall, every time you open a magazine, get a, there's sexual cues. And these kids are trying to figure out, like, what is this great mystery, right? It's something adults do. And they get they hear these jokes maybe from other kids. And they, they get all these hints. And they're kind of driven to figure it out. Like, what is it? What is it? And... Um, It used to be you didn't have that many options, but now you can just go to the internet and figure it out, right? Right, right. And, or talk to some friends and figure it out. And if your parents haven't gotten in there first and said, this is, you know, how babies are made and this is the way it happens and come to us because we will give you the straight scoop, Uh, the internet can tell many lies about this, so we will give you the truth about it. If parents don't do that, kids have options, right? And they're not going to get the truth about sex, or they're not going to give good information about sex on the internet. They're going to get porn, right? And what? And that's a great distinction because uh, pornography is such a far cry from what any parent would want their kid to understand about the truth about sexual intimacy, the, the beautiful, um, God-given, divine, sacred role of sexual intimacy in a marriage. It's never That's never going to be portrayed in pornography, ever. And so it's something that parents have to recognize that they can absolutely embrace. And, and one thing that I think is interesting, Kristen, is that, that in this discussion with par- parents and children, 
a lot of parents feel like they're, they, they worry legitimately that they are going to say too much. But I think what's interesting is this is something Matt Frad said once. He said, the problem with pornography is that it doesn't show too much. It shows too little. And it shows too little of what healthy intimacy is really about. So when parents are talking with their children about, about pornography or about sex, a lot of parents have this natural concern that they're going to be talking too much about stuff. But the stuff that they really need to talk a lot about is the whole context in which all this happens, the, the commitment, the love, the, the bonding, the fidelity, all these things, the, obviously the creating a family part, but also the expressing love and bonding stuff that children can understand. And, and this is obviously age appropriate and you, you share more as the children get older in these long conversations that happen over time. Um, but parents have so much they can talk about this instead of just trying to get it over with. Right, exactly. If parents realize that they are competing with the porn industry for their child's future sexual template, I think they will, if they really understand that and they understand the difference between pornography and what is the beauty of, you know, the, of, of sex that we teach, um, uh, I think that they will be proactive and that they will uh, teach their children from a younger age about sex so that they can get in there, like I said, and give their version of the story, right. you know. Right. It's whatever version of the story you hear first is the one that kind of uh, gains legitimacy. So are we going to let the porn industry gain legitimacy over our version of what sex should be, the purpose of sex? Um, no, we have to we have to take charge and take control and and teach children healthy attitudes about sex. And one of the things I do when I speak, especially to youth, is to say, "Hey, here's." what pornography teaches about sex and here is God's purpose for sex right. and they are exactly opposite. Yes. You know? So parents can do that. They can, they can see that, you know, pornography is objectifying. Uh, it's all about fantasy. It's, it makes you more self-centered. Um, you know, it's all about performance and, you know, a healthy version of sex is the exact opposite. It's about love and bonding with someone. It's real um, and uh, and so forth. So pointing out those differences, especially as kids get a little older, uh, I wouldn't do that for a seven-year-old, but, you know, uh, 11, 12-year-old, I think that's very important to give kids, continue to give kids strong arguments and clarity Um against, you know, pornography, strong arguments. Right. It's not just enough to tell a child, don't look at that. You know, it creates a lot of fear and curiosity and right yeah. shame around it, especially if it's something that they're interested in and they may feel confused why they have such a strong draw toward it. But mom and dad say it's just bad and they give them no other explanation or context. That can be very yeah. confusing for a child. And so what you're talking about is just saying, not only do we tell them the dangers of it, but we also tell them the truth of what's on mm -hmm. the other side of it and give them something to look forward to. Yeah. yeah. Um, Joy Jones spoke recently at the Utah Coalition Against Pornography. And her in her talk, she said, 
For some reason, we don't talk very much to youth and children about one of the strongest urges and biggest temptations they will face. Our reluctance sets them up to be taught primarily by the internet, other children or teenagers, or even Hollywood. Some of us may be hesitant to even use the word pornography around children in an effort to protect their innocence. It feels so awkward. Maybe our parents never talked that talk that openly with us. What if our conversation encourages curiosity? What if they want to know more? How can we expect our children to talk about pornography with us if we never talk about it with them? So she says that, you know, we must start the conversation and not wait for children to come to us. And uh, we need to be proactive. We need to be the adults. Um, This idea that, and that's why when writing good pictures, bad pictures, I showed a mom and a father being proactive, starting the conversation, not waiting for a child to come to them because so often that does not happen. Yeah, that's great. And if you want to get a copy of that uh, address from Joy Jones, you can go to, I would just type in Google, Joy Jones, UCAP, that's U-C-A-P, and the Mormon Newsroom org has the full address transcribed there. So you can actually pull that quote, yeah. that Kristen, that you just read, as well as read the whole address. Yep. So and it starts the name of the the name of the talk is It Starts With Us. Yeah. Yep. This is great. And so Kristen, I'm gonna wrap up uh, today's episode. And the next time you and I visit the next episode, I'd like to talk specifically about some of the action steps that you teach in your writings for parents that they can do with children, both that the parents can do and the children can do uh, to help keep them safe. So I look forward to seeing you next time. If you want more information about Kristen's writings and other articles that she has authored, go to protectyoungminds.org where you can order copies of her books, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, both the junior and the standard version. And also, I'm going to include in the show notes links to some articles and other guides that you can download immediately to get information on how to help your children. In the next episode, I will actually have a conversation with Kristen about some of these strategies and resources that you can begin using immediately to help talk with your children. So in this episode uh, coming up, we are going to get way more specific and give you action steps that you can begin taking. So tune in for that episode on the Illuminate podcast.